So what we've been attempting to do uh, in the last couple months is to talk about some practical considerations for Christian dating and relationships. We've gone all the way from talking about what does it mean to be single, what does it mean to be married according to the Bible, what is marriage. we talked through things like what do you look for in a spouse, uh, how do you discern how your culture has maybe influenced the way you view dating, all those kind of things. We talked about, hey, how do you actually grow out on a date, okay? Uh, if you're interested in any of those things and you missed them, uh, we have those posted um, on the East Cooper website under studies. Um, tonight, we're going to close our little unit here. Uh, we're going to talk through, so you meet someone who is a believer. We're assuming they're a believer, okay? Uh, they like you, okay? You like them, all right? We've gone on a few dates. We've decided, okay, I think we're going to do this, all right? Then what? All right, what is it? What does it look like? What are some things to keep in mind after we've gotten through all the terrible awkwardness of like getting to a point where, oh yes, I am going to be in a relationship and we're going to head towards marriage, okay? We're going to talk about tonight just a few things, a few principles. What does it look like? How do we do this wisely? How do we avoid some of the pitfalls, all right? Um, and I just want to say before we jump into the details, there is, there's no formula to make it mess-free. Um, I said that last time, this was two weeks ago. It's going to be messy, and it's okay. Uh, second thing I'll say is some of the things I'm going to say might sound to you a little ridiculous, uh, particularly when I talk, start talking about uh, boundaries uh, in a dating relationship. You might think that I am completely out of my mind. And I just want to let you know uh, that's okay. If you think I'm crazy, I just consider you, I, I'd ask you to consider your viewpoint a little bit and think about it. But uh, all that being said, okay. Uh, I'm going to start the night off with a question, okay? And I've driven it, drawn a chart here that will be the foundation of half of what I say. But I want you to know there's two graphs, okay? Who here, who here is good at graphs? Okay? All right. I'm not very good at graphs, so we'll see if I did this right, okay? So on the vertical line, okay, we have intimacy. All right, intimacy is a fancy word for closeness, all right? And that this is just broad categories, emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever. Intimacy, Okay? And on this line, we have time, okay? And I've plotted a couple of points for you, okay? The first date, okay, and marriage, all right? First date and marriage, all right? So this is the timeline of a successful, whatever you want to call it, a relationship that ends in marriage, okay? And uh, here's my question to you guys. You guys see how the intimacy in one of the lines, the intimacy kind of steadily increases, it kind of levels off a little bit before you get married, and then it jumps up to being married just a bit at the end, okay? And then on the second line, intimacy stays pretty low throughout the entire dating relationship. And then at the very end, when you get married, boom, okay? And here's my question to start the night off, all right? Which of these lines is a more biblical and healthy approach to dating? All right? Is it the green line or the red line? And why? Okay? Uh, yeah, so intimacy, all right? Relational, emotional, mental, spiritual, physical closeness. All right? So drawing close to someone, deeply knowing someone's emotions, um, having a really uh, sharing life together. And obviously, like, when you talk about physical intimacy, you know, we're talking about sex, okay? Um, like husband and wives, when they're physically intimate, that's sex, okay? Um, but even, you know, when you're dating, you start off by, you know, sitting close to your hands, snuggling, 
making out, okay? Um, we're not in high school, okay? I can say that now. I'm not a middle school pastor anymore. I can say making out, all right? I'm not, I'm not in trouble. No parents can come get me, okay? All right, but um, these lines, all right, uh, resemble all of those intimacies kind of piled together, and obviously, um, yeah. We're just, uh, just two on this, okay? Green line, steady increase, levels off before you have sex, okay? And then you jump up when you get married, all right? Um, red line, uh, intimacy st- or stays pretty low, and then jumps up when you get married, okay? Which, which one of these lines is more biblical and healthy for your soul as an approach to dating, and why? All right, okay, so uh, even if you disagree with everything I say from here on out, uh, I've been successful in just having you ask this question because most people, when they jump into a relationship, don't even ever ask this. So, girls in the back, y'all were very decided very quickly. Uh, what did y'all say? Okay, all right. Uh, somebody who said red line, what did, what did you say? Um, I said red line because I don't think that it's just physical intimacy. I went to a Christian school, and oftentimes girls would, like, let guys start leading their, like, Christian lives because they were looking, like, in a marriage, you're supposed to have, like, a guy who's able to lead you, and so they would, like, slip into that in a dating relationship. Um, and so, like, when they broke up, all of a sudden their, like, relationship with the Lord was shot because they, like, put so much, like, pressure or, like, let him lead. Good argument for the red line. Green line. What else you guys got? Any green liners in here? Hard green. All right, we got a hard green. Any any other thoughts from the group? Anything? You said both. I thought both. I thought these were mutually exclusive. How how do you have? No, I'm not not, not trying to be me. I'm just saying. I'm saying like. I'm making my own. Okay. That's a very Adam thing to do. That's good. Okay. Sounds a lot like Adam. All right. No, I just said. I've known people who have done both and have stayed within the body. Okay. Um, but also, I did say, like, for those who may look at the red line real negatively, um, it still goes up. Mm, notice that. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. It's it's not completely flat line, so you are you are going a little bit slower. Um, but there, I would say there are pros and cons to to where where both paths can be. Uh, like with the green line, you're running the risk of like crossing that boundary. There's a cap. Just so we don't live in adultery, there's a cap, okay? I'll be completely intimate with someone except sex, okay? And that is called engagement. That's called engagement, okay? All right, flat line, and then, you know, we get one little bump and we get married, okay? Um, all right, so let me, uh, let me just back up. I want to ask a couple of questions just for you all to chew on, just in your heads, okay? Um... What, what do you need um, to know if someone is someone you can marry? Do you need to have a pseudo-marriage with them? A kind of no sex, but we're acting like we're married? Do you need that to, be, to have clarity um, if someone's, you're going to marry someone? Um, do you, need, uh, do you need some objective knowledge about them, or do you need to already experience emotional, mental interdependence with them? Think about that. Um, what, what precisely, what are the kinds of things that you need to experience and know about someone before you get married? You need to try it out without sexual sin, okay? 
even uh, we're, uh, so I'm assuming a couple things here. Okay, I'm assuming that you're going to date Christians, and I'm assuming that you agree with the Bible when it says any kind of sexual activity outside of marriage is sin, and God judges those things, and you have to avoid them. Okay, assuming all those things. All right. Um, let me put it another way. All right. Uh, so, for me, as a married guy, there are three categories of people in the opposite sex. All right. For me. All right. One is my spouse. Okay, that's Sarah. Okay. Two is siblings in the Lord. All right. That's First Timothy five. I should just go there for a second. We'll read that in a second. If you have that. Uh, and three is threats. Okay. Those are three categories of people for me as I relate to people. My spouse, my siblings, and threats, potential threats to my marriage. First um, Timothy 5 uh, says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. So there's this idea that Christians should treat each other and view each other as siblings. So, uh, boy meets girl, got some feelings, maybe this work out, okay? The primary rubric, all right, under which I think God would have you treat them in the dating process is sibling. Now, of course, there is the category of potential spouse. So a little different than the other siblings in the room, okay? But the primary, the primary biblical category for this person who makes you feel all gooey inside, okay? The category in which God desires and commands you to relate to them is sibling. And that has got to influence how you date them. They are not your spouse yet. They might be, and that does have some considerations, but primarily in the Lord, they're your sibling. And just like you would treat the actual siblings of your family there are some boundaries there, and there's a desire to protect that person. So, um, so uh, let me just let me just lay out what I think, okay? Uh, and I think this is biblical, and I think it's it's more wisdom than anything else. But uh, there's a guy named Marshall Siegel who wrote a great book called "Not Yet Married." Good stuff. or some blog posts, but he says this very clearly. He says the point of dating for a Christian is clarity, not intimacy. All right. The point of marriage is intimacy, all right? My, my, one of my jobs is loving Sarah like, like Jesus loves the church, is to know her, to know what makes her tick. We, are, we, we should be codependent. We, sh- we should depend on each other. There should be that interdependence in all the areas of our lives, all right? Um, however, that's the point of marriage, all right? So give us in your heads for a second. The, the point of dating, the goal of dating is to get married, but the pattern for dating is not marriage. Do you get that? Does that make sense? Okay. The, the goal of dating is marriage, but it's not the pattern for marriage. We don't, we don't try it out in increasing degrees and figure out if we work. That's, that's not, I don't think the Lord would have us do that. That violates the sibling principle. You're treating a sibling like a spouse. All right. So clarity, uh, the point is the point of dating is clarity. You may not agree with that. Okay. Uh, but the point of dating is clarity, all right? Clarity is just being able to see something easily or well. Think about uh, there's been a foggy day and a day with clear skies. In one sense, you're kind of things are kind of hazy. In another, it's, it's clear. And so what you need, what a healthy dating relationship looks like, is it moves 
from less clarity to more clarity about the possibility of a God-honoring marriage. That's the point. Now, the details are a little messy. You've got to figure out what that looks like. But the idea is what you're pursuing is not getting as close as possible to this person, but figuring out under God's provision through the relationship if this could result in a good marriage. Now, um, I had where I wanted to go, and I'm not sure if it's a good idea to go there yet. Um, all right, let's do this. Discussion question, okay? Is it possible to have clarity without having a lot of intimacy? All right, talk about that in your group. Now, again, clarity, all right, is seeing well, having a clear, okay, I don't know how else to say it, okay? Having a clear perspective on if this could work out in marriage, okay? And intimacy is this interdependence, this closeness, this drawing near to each other, okay? Is it possible to have one without the other? Talk in your groups. All right. Uh, is, is it possible to have clarity, or we could even say to have God speak about whether this would be a good spouse without having intimate, or a lot of intimacy or an unhealthy amount of intimacy? What do you want to say? What do you think? I would say having clarity is different from God reveal. God can reveal through other situations without being able to interact with that person. You're saying like like a dream? No, I'm saying that God can use other people around you. Like if I say I like her, then my friends all go, please, like, no, seriously, don't. Yeah. I can never say a word to her and already know that God does not want that to be something I pursue. Yeah. So I said I said that's clarity, it's God revealing. Yeah. I think that's the same. I think we're saying the same thing, right? Um, Maybe. I think um, if, like, I think intimacy clouds clarity. Like, the closer mm. you are to somebody, the more you're gonna see them for. So she just stole my my next point. Okay, <laughs> uh, you guys probably for those of you who have dated before, okay, you realize that. Once you start falling for somebody, you know, you got the rosy colored glasses on. And the cool thing, the cool thing, okay, and, and oftentimes what happens is the more time you spend thinking about someone, the more time you spend in their presence, and the more time you spend physically close to them, the cloudier it gets. And the wonderful thing is God has designed you that way so that you stay in love with your spouse. You'll get that? That's wonderful news. So when, when I'm married, okay, and, you know, my feelings aren't perfect for Sarah, we struggle, whatever, okay? God has given me a great path to staying in love with my wife for the rest of my life. Think about her a lot. Be physically close to her, okay? Spend time with her, all right? But God's designed that to make my eyes very foggy as a married guy. So I just look at Sarah, nobody else, right? But when you're dating, it works the opposite way, as, as Lydia said. That kind of interdependence actually clouds who this person is. Great point. Just preach. Okay. What else? What else do you guys think? I would have to counter that because, in my experience, it wasn't until I started getting closer to this girl that I saw what her faults actually were. Now, because that's. put up a facade that from a distance looked good, but it wasn't until I started getting closer to her that I saw there. See, I think, uh, I, I would say that that's, that's possible, but I would say, um, I think it depends on our definitions of intimacy and clarity. So, for example, okay? Um, there's a difference between intentionally seeing 
someone in a different context and watching their lives for times like when the facade comes, comes down, okay? Um, versus creating a relationship where you're emotionally, mentally, and spiritually interdependent on each other, okay? So there's a difference, and I want to be real clear about that. It's okay, it's good to seek to really know someone before you get married, to, to know a, or have a whole person view of them, to see them outside of the, we got candles and we're paying, you know, 100 bucks to eat this meal. Well, hopefully not 100 bucks, maybe like 30 or 40 is a good, or whatever, I don't know, okay? Don't go crazy with all your extra cash you have before children, all right? Um, uh, you want to see them outside of that context, right? But I think you can do that, at least to a degree, without having a miniature marriage. But I think you have a good point there, a really good point that, that you don't, you want to be real careful, you don't let people pull the wool over your eyes. And you want to intentionally, you want to date intentionally enough to see the real person. For example, uh, and this will just, I'll just give you some application here, okay? How do you, let's say, how do we pursue clarity? If you can't do it by snuggling on the couch every night and texting them a thousand times a day and all those kind of things, what can you do? Um, I think uh, there are a few things you can do. First, um, you can see, like I just said, see the person that you were dating and interested in in as many different contexts as possible. Uh, funny example of this, okay? Uh, go out for coffee or breakfast with them at 6.30 in the morning, okay? Just blow it out of the water. Yeah, I, I know people who got married and they never saw what their spouse was like in the morning. So all of a sudden, they wake up next to a monster, okay? Who can't be, who can't be talked to until 10 a.m. Okay, anyway, sorry. See them in context where they, where all of their buttons are pushed. See them talking to their mom when their mom drives them crazy, okay? Because one day, if you're their spouse, you're gonna drive them crazy. And how they interact with the people who drive them crazy is gonna show them how they're gonna treat you when you're at your worst, okay? See them when they're uncomfortable. Go on a mission trip with them when you know that they hate traveling, right? Um, get, get around them in all the context possible. Not so that you can figure out, okay, is this, perfect, per, this person the, the perfect statue, every perfect... No, no, no. So that you can have a realistic view of who this person is. Um, I think you can do that without having this deeply tied, um, super glue kind of close relationship with someone. Um, or even like, let's say you're on a regular date. There are a thousand things you learn about somebody on a regular date if you're not staring into their deep blue eyes, okay? How do they talk to the waiter? Do they regard the waiter as a person? Do, do, guys, do, they, do they actually ask the waiter how their evening's going? Or are they just some servant who's, you know, not a big deal, right? Do they, do they engage people like they're really people? People besides you, okay? People who aren't, who don't give them the googly eyes, all right? Do they, do they engage them? Do they love them? Um, you can see how a person, how do they interact with their church? Are they pretty faithful? Do they sacrifice to be around church? And I would say just along this line of pursuing clarity and seeing them in various contexts, uh, I think the main point of all of this is not to see if they're a perfect person or a compatible spouse primarily, but are they a genuine Christian with the Holy Spirit? That's kind of what you're looking for. Um, just a, like a news flash here, okay? Uh, you're not going to marry someone compatible to you. You're going to marry a sinner, okay? You're going to marry someone who, who you're going to do this with them for the next 50 years. Not, not all the time, Okay. 
Actually, not even most of the time, okay? But there's going to be things about them that y'all just don't see. You know, like whatever. Me and Sarah, we can't communicate. It's mostly me, okay? I'm a very like a, uh, I'm, I was raised in kind of a passive-aggressive home. And so my style of communication is whatever is difficult, just dance around it, okay? Just, just say everything besides the one thing I want to say, okay? And Sarah is just like scientifically clear. And she's like a lawyer in how she talks. She's like very logical. And guys, that just makes for some really some really rough talks about what we're having for dinner tonight, okay? You know, like, um, and we're, we're learning, and you know, uh, but what's at play there? What's most important in that interaction in married, married life is not do we communicate the same way? No, no, no. It's do we have the Holy Spirit? Are we willing to repent of thinking I know best? Are we willing to get outside of ourselves a little bit for our spouse? You'll see the difference? And you can know that about a person without spending three hours on the phone with them every night. You can know that about a person without, without crossing those lines. Um, so another final thing. Uh, it's, I think it's also helpful uh, to ask good questions of someone you're in a relationship with. Uh, ask questions about things that you um, would ask any Christian you're trying to, to get to know, to get to know, like, um, I think it's okay. I think you can ask someone what the Lord is doing in their life without, like, becoming their spiritual, like, co-partner, whatever. All right. Um, I think here, here's the thing I just want to emphasize really quickly. Um, I think that there is this understanding or this kind of false view that I need to be really close to someone to see if I can marry them. And uh, I just want to say two things in response to that and and challenge you guys to think differently. Uh, First, you can get really close to someone and really deeply know them, and then you can get married, and guess what? They change. You ever thought that marriage will change you? Having a kid will change you? Losing a job will change you? So, So just having knowledge about someone and just having this, uh, this uh, closeness and figuring out what it looks like to be close with them isn't actually a solid foundation for marriage. Um, secondly, I think uh, trying marriage out does not create the kind of people who stay committed in marriage. You see that? Like, again, statistically, okay, if, if people, and hopefully this doesn't apply to anybody in this room, okay, but people who live together before, before marriage are much more likely to get divorced right? Because um, their entire view of marriage is different. Uh, so, all I'm saying, I'm not, I'm, trying, I'm not trying to make you guys scared of marriage. It's a great thing, okay? Your security to have a good marriage that lasts and that blesses you is you and your spouse keeping a covenant with God. It's keeping promises you make to each other on your wedding day. And the main point of dating is figuring out is this a person who will keep their covenant with me, and can I foresee myself keeping a covenant with them? So, uh, okay. If I'm right, and I'm not crazy, and uh, godliness and uh, living by your covenant is what really keeps marriage together, okay? How does that change the way you pursue clarity with some of your dating? I'll say that again. It's kind of a... I wouldn't preach on that. It's a really complicated question, okay? But if, okay, if what really keeps a marriage together, all right, is not 
mutual compatibility, or I know this person, so I figure it's going to be great. Okay, but it's actually this because of Jesus and keep a covenant. Okay, how does that change how you pursue clarity? What do you look for? What do you what do you got your eye on? Two clarifications. First, uh, if if you're someone who has dated for intimacy in the past, I am by no means saying you're a terrible person. I can't believe you did that. I think what I am saying, though, is you can probably look back and see, oh, man, like I've got some baggage as a result of that. That kind of stung a little bit. And I just encourage you, um, whenever you meet that next person, to just kind of think about your experience and kind of think through, like, how would I, how do I wish I did it differently, you know? Second thing, uh, I am not saying that intimacy in any degree in dating is a bad thing. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, oh gosh, I think I love this person. I gotta break up with them. I'm doing it wrong. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, okay? I'm not saying you can't text them, ask them how their day's going. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying there's not an appropriate time for an hour-long phone conversation, okay? Um, but I am saying that you, you want to think clearly about your goals. What is that? What am I actually after here? I'm after... I don't want to say, you know, God revealing to the spouse. Like, I'm, I'm after solid assurance that I can marry this person and it can go pretty well in God's, in God's help. And I'm after guarding my heart from the potential pain of this ending. And, and it, it's going to be messy no matter what, but I'm, I'm after, like, not having to go through a miniature divorce. You know, something that's going to feel like a divorce when this person's out of my life. Okay? So that's... Just want to clarify those things, all right? I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not saying that holding hands will, you know, it's a sin. I'm not saying that, okay? Uh, all right, any of, uh, I'm going to give three more just real practical principles real quick. Uh, any questions? Pushback? I think this clarity stuff is stupid. I'd love to just talk through that big idea of clarity, not intimacy, for a minute, if you guys want to talk about it. What about engagement? Very good question, engagement. Okay, first of all, engagement sucks. Okay, it's terrible. It's worse than being single. It's worse than dating. It's awful. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, the, the, trouble with, the trouble with engagement, the trouble with engagement, okay, is you have all of the responsibilities of married people and none of the benefits of married people if you're walking with the Lord, okay? Um, so it's a tough season. I do think uh, when you get engaged, I think there is a legitimate place to be more emotionally, spiritually intimate. I do think at the same time, you have to be 10 times as careful with physical boundaries and purity. Um, there's a real thing, well, I mean, we're getting married anyways, whatever. It's really, not a really big deal. It's a big deal to God, okay? He cares. Um, and it's also a big deal to your marriage that you, you show your partner that you care about them enough to protect their soul in the realm of sexual purity. So I'd say, yes, in engagement, I think that is a step that changes, okay, we're getting, we have a date for marriage. Like, we, sh we can, we have a little more license to be more emotionally, spiritually intimate, but we need to be 10 times more careful physically. That's what I'd say. Good question. So I don't want to give a picture that you like Heisman date people, you know, that like I'm dating, but like, God, you know, get out of my life. Like, I don't want to give that picture. Um, and really, I, I just hope, this is, I hope talking about clarity and intimacy is just balancing. 
Um, I, I think as close as you would be to someone you're good friends with, you know, like, like if your roommate is going through a terrible time, like you would encourage them. You'd spend time with them. But I mean, it is praise God if the person you're dating goes through something crappy while you're dating them. Cause then you have a picture of what happens when the tire blows out on the interstate and you and your family are stuck screaming kid in the back for three hours, wait for later. You have a great picture of what happens when they, you know, what's going to happen when my husband loses his job, you know, how's he going to deal with that? And dating gives you a great glimpse into that person's life. And so I, I think that's a good thing. Um, I think you want to walk with him just like you'd walk with a friend of yours, you know? Um, I still think there's a difference between encouraging them and knowing what's going on and praying for them and helping them and then act that versus acting like a pseudo spouse. There is a difference. I know, I know the lines are a little bit blurry, um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you just be like, all right, hard time. It's too, too much. Goodbye. You know, I don't, I don't think that. That's a good question. And again, the practicalities are all messy. Okay. It's all like making concrete. Like we don't, um, The temptation, I think, for Christians, especially like rule followers like me, is I just need a rule book for how I date. Give me 600 do's and don'ts, okay? And I think, I think, I think that's just not how it works. I think you, you need to think through some principles, be filled with the Spirit, and then go try, you know, and fail forward. Situation by situation basis. Yes. Yes. Yeah, great question, okay? Um, so I think a couple, a couple things, a couple things uh, to say about that. First, I think it depends, all right? So for example, uh, oh, oh, good, oh, great. The question is, uh, you meet someone, you're dating them, and you start to notice some things. They're not perfect. They got some stuff, but nobody's perfect. How do you process, like, what's just, uh, well, everyone's a sinner, you know, uh, versus what's a, what's a red flag. Okay. Um, I think it depends on both the particular, uh, sin or kind of sin and then the degree. So for example, uh, dude, man sleeps in one Sunday, Mrs. Church. Okay. Does that mean I am not going to marry this idiot? Okay. Uh, no. All right. But if they haven't read their Bible in a month, they can't tell you the last time they heard from God in the Word or the last time that they were impacted by something in corporate worship. That's a red flag. Put the brakes on, all right? Um, I think, and I want to be real careful here because I know that it's a struggle, but like someone who's pushing the boundaries physically in your relationship, hit the brakes, okay? So, so I think it depends on what it is and the degree, okay? Um, they come home from work grumpy, and they're just kind of a grump one night. Well, that's just welcome to, you know, being a human, okay? Um, along with that, okay? Along with that. And this is something we don't do in any relationship, really, all right? Well, um, at least not most of us, okay? What happens when you speak to this person plainly about their sins? That, that's a game changer. You see a red flag, okay? You see something in their life, 
Some people are like, well, I'm just not going to deal with that. Next person, all right? Um, but what happens when you say, you know what? You kind of spoke to me in anger, and that really hurt me. And then you see how they react, and if they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. You're right. Like, man, I just... You know, forgive me. Oh, my gosh, marry him, you know? Like, like marry him, like, on the spot. Like, you know? No, I'm just kidding. But um, um, I think seeing someone else's sins when you're dating uh, is a great thing. If you practice that, like, hey, I saw this. What do you think about that? I saw the way you spoke to your mom on the phone. Like, I know she's annoying. Like, I get it. But, like, you know. So I think those things are really helpful. And you can really, seeing someone sends an opportunity in dating. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, again, what's a red flag? Anything, like, anything the scripture's really intense about is a red flag. And also, I think I think it's too. It's good to have a third party. It's good to have like, especially if they're a married third party. Like, oh my gosh, like, you know, because um, they have a real clear view of their spouse because they've lived with them for a while. And you can say, well, you know, I heard, you know, my husband was or my boyfriend was gossiping about something the other day. Should I break up with him? They're like, well, you know, maybe I'll give some some help on that too. I do think there is a place for trusting your gut. Um, not all the time. You want you want to trust your gut within reason within like scriptures and people. I wanna go through, I wanna burn through three really quick principles just in light of uh, pursuing clarity, not intimacy. I just wanna kind of go through this real quick. Uh, first, all right, and this, I'll just, I'll say it this way. Set extremely ridiculous sounding physical boundaries. Set extremely ridiculous sounding. You want to set such strict physical boundaries, especially at first when you're dating someone, that an unbeliever would look at you and say, you are crazy. And you're going to have terrible sex when you get married, okay? You're crazy. That's what, you, you don't think that. You, you, you don't think you're crazy. Um, and here's why I say that, okay? Um, first of all, we live in a culture where, uh, first of all, you are an independent adult with alone time, you can get alone with someone very quickly and easily, and that's dangerous. And second of all, we live in a culture where sexual morality is prevalent everywhere, and sexual sin in the church is prevalent everywhere. And so um, you just want to be very, very careful, um, extremely careful. Uh, this is uh, Mark. You guys know Mark Dever's a great pastor. He's in um, uh, D.C., he, here, here's what he said. He was talking to single guys about physical boundaries, okay? And he asked the question, hey, guys, uh, when God created kissing, okay, when he created kissing and how much fun it is and holding hands and whatever, okay, who did he create it for and why? Okay? Uh, Deborah goes on to argue that God created kissing and hand-holding and snuggling and all those kind of things, okay? Uh, as foreplay for married couples to have great sex. Okay? That's why God made them. Remember, okay? Adam and Eve became one flesh. All of their physical intimacy is tied together. All right? Uh, now, again, if that, if, if that makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry. Okay? Um, but God created physical intimacy between men and women to be glue that whole a husband and wife together, and he created the whole package together. Um, and so here's the illustration he gives, okay? He says, if you uh, basically, uh, if you make out with your girlfriend, all right, you may not be 
breaking the seventh commandment. You may not be, you know, breaking First Thessalonians 4, which says control your body and holiness and honor, right? But here's what you're doing, okay? I love this illustration. He says, you are uh, getting on the on-ramp to sex, and you're just staying on the on-ramp. You're just spinning your wheels. And I think that's a really good illustration. And so, uh, that being said, all right, if that is the case, I just want you to think about this, okay? If, if God made making out for married couples, all right, um, that is something you should avoid and intentionally avoid in dating. I, I, Christian brother, he's not here tonight. Good guy, okay? This was months ago. He said to me, you know, I went on a date with a girl. Things went really well. But we ended up making out at the end of the night. And I was like, I was like wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. It, you ended up, like it just kind of happened. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we had a couple drinks. Uh, we had a couple drinks, and uh, it was really late. And uh, we, we just kind of, it just kind of happened. And I'm like, listen, that's, that's going to happen every single time if you don't plan intentionally against it. So, anyway, all being said, okay, um, just be really careful. If you, need a, if you need a Bible verse for this, if you're like, I don't believe you, okay, the Song of Solomon, okay, the most sexual book in the whole Bible. It revels that sex is one of the greatest gifts God's given. It says this over and over again. Do not awaken love until it's time. When they say love, they don't mean like love your neighbor as yourself. They mean like passionate, erotic love. It says do not awaken that until it's time. The time is marriage. Okay? So just, I don't, you can apply that, but I would say set crazy boundaries. Ridiculous ones. Okay? Uh, two more real quick principles, then we'll discuss and do questions, okay? Um, second principle, uh, focus on what's in front of you. Uh, what typically, what happens a lot is when you're single, you're like, why does no one love me? There's no one available. Like, no one's attracted. I'm just whatever. And then you start dating someone, all right? And all of a sudden, the struggle becomes, what about them? I had a really good interaction with him over coffee. I just, I don't know. Is this, is this what I, is this person the right one? Okay. So what's happened? Okay. This is, this is what happened. Okay. You, because you're dating someone, you're now kind of a more secure person, more comfortable. All right. Your interactions with the opposite sex become a lot more natural because you're not like basing your worth as a human being on every one of them. Okay. And it's, it's like, they start to go better. Okay. Sorry, sorry. This is just, this is just what happens. It's my experience. Okay. Um, and so all of a sudden, when you start dating someone, there's a real temptation to start looking around at everyone else who's available and thinking to yourself, what about them, what about them, what about them? And I just want to say, um, just to help you um, with this, um, to just focus on the person in front of you. You're not, you're not in a grocery store trying to pick the best product for the best price. That's not how you date, okay? Uh, now, in America, we're very consumeristic. We always want to get a good deal. We want to get the best thing possible, okay? And we've taken that attitude into dating. We don't just want a good spouse. We want the best possible one. And when we say the best possible, we mean like, you know, the one who cooks the, you know, whatever, okay? All that kind of stuff. What your goal is is to figure out, is this person right in front of me that God has providentially put in my life, okay? Is this a good match? Just try to stay focused. Um, and if you, like, are just, like, crazy in love with someone else all of a sudden that you're dating this person just ask yourself some questions ask like uh, do i actually know this other person i have a crush on you know uh 
Do other people think I'm crazy when I say this? Like when I talk to my friend about how I have a crush on John when I'm dating James, do they say, you're so stupid, stay with James, okay? Just listen to them, all right? Anyways, all right, final, final one, okay? Final one. Um, move quickly, but cautiously, okay? Uh, I think when you date someone and you say, okay, it's, it's been more than a couple of dates, um, we're gonna do this for real, we're gonna really date, I think you should be ready to be married with them within a year, all right? Oh my gosh, are you crazy, Leland? No, I'm not, all right? Here's why, okay? Doing either of these lines, all right, well is impossible if you date for three or four years. If you, if you, if you date somebody, now again, I just, guys, they're people in college, okay? They meet someone who loves the Lord, they love them, and they're like, man, we're just struggling with sexual temptation. I say, get married, you know? I, I don't care if it makes your finances a little bit messy. Get married. So, guys, your, your purity before God, all right, is a lot more important, okay, than your assurance that this person's not going to make you grumpy sometimes, okay? Um, if you know that they're a believer, if you know that, if you have a good sense of this person, don't delay for two, three, four, five years thinking that's going to really give you a good whole person picture. Move quickly, not cautiously, okay? Don't throw caution to the wind and say, oh my gosh, they like me, like them, let's get married tomorrow. That's not a good idea, all right? Um, unless you want me and Sarah to arrange your marriage, which, you know, it'd be good. It's fine. For a small fee, okay? Um, but, all right, I just want to be, I just want to be, I just want to encourage you guys um, to kind of buck the culture on this. We're going to date for a year and a half. We're going to be engaged for a year just to make everyone happy, you know? It's a bad idea. I know a lot of couples, I've counseled a lot of couples who they get to about six to eight months and then they fall into sexual sin. And it just really clouds their relationship and messes their marriage up. Just be real, real careful. Okay, uh, that's what I got. Date for clarity, not for intimacy. Make crazy boundaries. Uh, move quickly but cautiously. And look at what's in front of you. Any thoughts, comments, things that I want to pursue? Any other dating advice? Just kidding. I'll uh, do that. I have one to you about when you see red flags with people or if they're going through a hard time. I would say um, that don't just look like, okay, yes, there are red flags. Be cautious by all means. But look to see how they endure it and come out at the end. Yeah, I, 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 I think um, just because bad things are happening to someone and they're struggling is not a red flag. I think you want to see like, how they how they struggle is a good indicator. It's a good thing. Mm. Is it worth the pain? That's my only question I'd ask. If it, you know, she's, she's saying dating, okay, dating, okay. Um, so long distance can be really good in some ways, and it can be extremely difficult in some ways. Um, it can be really good because there's a sense in which you are forced to like communicate and talk without the fun of dating someone who's in your city. Um, it can be a little treacherous because you typically see someone like 
a couple weekends a month and the rest of your relationship is at a distance. And so there is a, there is a difficulty in kind of knowing the whole person, knowing what they're like when they wake up, knowing what they're like when they, when somebody cuts them off in traffic, all that kind of stuff, you know, all this little life stuff. Um, I don't think it's possible. I just think it's, it's painful. And so you, you want to like providentially, is it clear enough providentially? Is this person like, do I, is it worth it? You know, that's, that's the only question I ask. Is it worth it? But I think it's definitely not, I mean, it's definitely not like a terrible idea. It's just something you have to count the cost of. And I mean, I can be the nicest guy in the world writing emails to somebody, but like they don't see me when I'm like grumpy and selfish, right? So I, I, there is that. I, I, do, I do think though, I think if you're gonna date long distance, I think you need a season where you're in the same place before you get engaged and married. I would say that. I know couples who, <laughs> this is the worst, okay? They date together, they get engaged, and then they're in separate cities, and you're like, oh, it's painful. But um, I think if you have a season where you're in the same place, it's good. Um, obviously, when you're together, it's like a red flag. But when you talk about the proximity factor, when you move in with somebody, it's, you find out they're completely different. So, um, obviously, I agree with you. Living together, don't do it. Okay, I will come find you. I, w I won't let you be a member of East Cooper. I really, I really will. I've said that to people before. It's not a good idea. So, um, I would say, if you can know pretty clearly, this person is a believer with the Holy Spirit, and they're humble. All right, you can figure out oh my gosh, close the toothpaste cap, okay? That kind of stuff works out, okay? And, and re re really, the, the thing is, the thing is, um, the issue is not, um, the issue, it's all about timing, right? So if this, if, this someone, if this is someone who loves Jesus and they love you and things are going well, you're probably going to marry them regardless, okay? And so the issue now becomes not, uh, the issue is just timing on when you deal with it. Right, um, you know how you organize the fridge. I mean, me and Sarah battle the fridge all the time. I just throw things in there. You know, whatever. She likes things to be like. Anyways, um, that kind of stuff is really not that big of a deal. I haven't found it to be that much. And I think if you have the main things, faithfulness, they keep their covenant, they keep their word, they're humble. Like that kind of stuff works itself out. I think. I don't think you need to know that stuff before you get married to somebody. But do you say that even you said go to breakfast with them at six thirty in the morning? Like, is there ways that you can learn that? About oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, great. Yeah. So um, um, you could, uh, especially if they like have like roommates go to their house and just see. Like, if you walk into a guy's house and it's like, whoa, like what? You know? Okay, now you know. All right, they're a freaking slob. Okay, and you know you can. Just 
know that and marry him anyways or be like, I don't, I really think I marry a guy who hasn't washed his clothes in 10 years, you know? So, uh, yeah, Chelsea, it's like, Ugh. okay. Um, but I think, um, I think you want to try to be observant when you're with them. They pick you up for a date. What's their car look like? I could probably tell you a lot about just, you know, not that that's a, a deal breaker, but like, if you're really interested in their personal habits, what is in the glove compartment can tell you, you know? Is it like neatly filed with like different, you know, or is it just a freaking bomb like mine is? Um, and I'd encourage you to date creatively. Um, get outside of the let's go to dinner on a Friday night. I mean, do that, but like go on a run together. You know, how do they respond when you start beating them while you're running? Like, how do, you know, like, like, or like, you know, just get a, get creative. Um, see them in different contexts. Um, I do think, though, anyone who gets married deals with spousal roommate stuff. And what you need to deal with those things is not they do everything the way I do everything. It's you need to learn how to compromise and be humble, and, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, and just so you know, Kelsey, your parents, they, like, have been married almost 30 years, and they still fight over, like, how to unload the dishwasher. Or how to load the dishwasher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm going back to my parents. Yeah, and all, all that stuff is good for you. It's sanctifying to say, okay, I've loaded the dishwasher this way for 27 years, but now I'm going to change out of love for my spouse. That's good for you. Like, I, w- I wouldn't want to run away from that kind of stuff.